Hello, I'm inviting you into this A Gabrielle exclusive. Keep the conversation going by following A.Gabrielle exclusives on Instagram. Hello, and thank you for joining in on this episode of A Gabrielle exclusives that we're calling Things I Wish I Knew Before Adulting. I'm joined by the fabulous five. These are five dynamic ladies kind of traversing this thing called adulting together. Um, while they will not explicitly state their ages, they are all in their 20s. However, I want to give you a chance to hear from them. So we'll start with guest number one if she just wants to provide a brief introduction and let us know something fun. Um, you know, I, I like the icebreaker questions on here. Um, how about the most transformative book you've ever read? Hi, my name is Ebony Denzi. Um, I went to UTD, so University of Texas at Dallas, and my, um, the most transformative book. So I'm looking up because I have like two huge bookcases in front of me. And the first one that came up was Harry Potter. Harry Potter is transformative and it still will be transformative 20 years from now. Um, so that is my transformative book. Thank you, Ebony. Guest number two. Hello, everyone. My name is Chrissy. Uh, I graduated from the University of Kansas, otherwise known as KU, uh, not UK, that's Kentucky. People get that mixed up. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go to Kentucky, so. But uh, I would say most transformative book I read, uh, it was something I read recently uh, in the last couple months. Uh, it was called The Weight by Devon Franklin and Megan Good. Um, it was just basically about them, you know, their decision to wait to you know have sex before marriage and how it transformed their relationship and brought them closer to god so that was something i really kind of changed my mindset on that so that that's my most transformative book i've read awesome thanks that's definitely a transformative book that is on my um bookshelf as well let's hear from guest number three hi um my name is Inkiru. my nickname is Rue. it's a little bit easier than my full name um, I graduated from Washington University in St. Louis, also known as WashU. You have probably never heard of it, but it's in St. Louis, Missouri, not the state of Washington. <laughs> um, let's see, the most transformative book I have read. I feel like the only thing that, could, could, that came to mind initially was there's a book called Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. It's this it's a basically it's a fiction story that goes through the book of Hosea in the Bible, but like it's juicy. It's not just like, you know, you know, sometimes we, we read when we read Christian Christian books, they're a little dry, but this one is juicy. So I really like that one. Yes, girl. We love a good juicy read. Thank you. Guest number four. Hey, y'all. I'm Dominique. Um, I went to Texas A&M University um juiciest book that i've read i don't have any juicy novels i mean i tried 50 shades of gray that didn't work out too well for my spiritual life so i stopped um but <laughs> i did pick up um the boston girl if you guys have never read it before um it's more of like a coming of age story but it falls a lot of independence i feel like i could relate to it a lot um that's a good read try it thank you and last but not least guest number five Hello everyone, my name is Aubrey Robinson. I graduated from UTA, which is University of Texas in Arlington. Let's see, for a transformative read, I would say it would have to be I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. It's one of the first books I can actually remember reading and absorbing kind of as a young adult. And um, it's a autobiography 
about Maya Angelou's life and how she kind of came into her own. And it also plays a little bit on the um, the poem called I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. So I love the context of the book and I also love the meaning behind it. And it's definitely about oppression and overcoming and it's very inspirational. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So keeping in kind of the theme of this season, I have asked each of these ladies to come up with a list of five things that they wish they would have known before adulting. So adulting is kind of one of these terms that I would say maybe millennials coined, um, just meaning what it means to be an adult. And so um, without further ado, we're just going to jump into some conversation. So we'll circle back to Ebony and um, hear what she has to share. Okay, so first of all, I wish I had said the Bible because that's transformative, but I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm saved, I promise. <laughs> so my first thing that I came up with was just because you move out does not mean you're independent. And so for me, that was deep for me because I thought when I moved out the house, I was going to be like, all right, I'm independent, but you're not. Like, it's just like independence is not just physical, it's mental, it's spiritual. Like it's, it's a lot and it's a lot of learning lessons that we learn um, when we move out and that does not mean we're always independent. It takes growth, it takes a process. So that's my first thing. Um, my second thing was there is a such thing as sneak attack fees. So what I mean by that is on bills, one month is one number, but if you don't look at the fine print, the next month is a different number. And um, so I learned that, especially with like my TV cable bill, like that stuff be sneaking up on you. And I'd be like, wait a second, <laughs> like I budgeted for this amount and now it's like a whole nother amount. Um, the third thing that I learned is, oh, when you graduate college and you stop playing your college sport, keep working out as if you still play that college sport because the dream doesn't, doesn't have to die in your body. And so what I mean by that, like I wish I would have kept working out when I graduated because then it wouldn't be so hard to work out. It would have been something that we've been doing is consistent. So it's harder to get back into it. But I mean, it's possible. And then the fourth thing, oh, this is like my main one, is save as much money as you can before you move out. Because I felt like I was rich when I was at home. But then when you move out and start paying bills, you're not as rich anymore. <laughs> so I wish I would have saved more money before I moved out. And then the last thing is, okay, this is like spiritual. You will go through trials of many kinds. Like trials does not end when you move out. Like it's just going to be different types of trials. Um, and so it's just learning to trust God and not leaning on um, our own understanding of why those things happen. And I feel like so much growth comes out of it. So it's just another level, another chapter. And so I'm so grateful for the trials that I've been going through. But I know that just because you move out, just because you feel like you're independent and you're adulting, doesn't mean those trials are going to end. Awesome. I have some follow-up questions coming for you later, Ebony. Guest number two. Okay, so uh, my first one was, which is, it's really pertinent for me right now, because this is what I'm trying to do. Uh, finding a job is hard. Finding one you like is harder. So uh, this is something that I'm like really... Uh, in the midst of right now because I have a job, but it's not one that I like at all. Uh, just kind of something I, I did because, you know, I, I found it. Um, so now I'm in the, which is just customer service, and I've realized that I don't ever want to do customer service again in my life, especially if it has to deal with money because 
people get so upset about that and I'm I'm not the one like I'm like that don't look at me I'm not in charge of paying you I'm just trying to help you out <laughs> so I'm now in the midst of trying to find a job I actually want to do which is I'm really interested in forensic science and crime scene investigation so that's what I want to do uh, eventually so I'm trying to find a job in that field but it's hard because I didn't graduate with that degree I just graduated with a general studies degree so you know it's so I'm trying to find you know places I'm actually qualified for and don't need like all the different certifications that I don't have <clears throat> so that's that's my whole thing right now uh second my second thing is insurance because uh, I just turned 26 recently, and so I'm, I'm now off of my dad's insurance. So, and I have yet to find my own because I, you know, procrastinated. Like, I was thinking, okay, you know, I didn't, like, I just didn't apply for one with my job because I was still on my dad. So I'm like, you know, cool, I'm still on his insurance. You know, I'll turn 26 for a minute when the open enrollment came. But uh, when I tried to go enroll, something happened with my account I couldn't get into it so everything just rolled over meaning I wasn't enrolled in anything because that's how it was from last year so now I'm like okay what do I do like I just got kicked off last month I'm like I have no insurance we're in the middle of this global pandemic I'm like I can't get sick right now because I don't have any insurance so now it's I'm trying to like do all this extra work I should have did before I got off of the insurance I should have found some insurance so that's what I'm trying to do now. So that, and then tr once I find it, it's like, I feel like I don't understand any of the jargon. I'm like, what does this mean? Copay is deductible. I don't know what's happening. So that's going to be another thing is figuring out all, all the jargon for that. Uh, my third thing is budgeting. Uh, that's another one that cause I'm trying to like understand because um, I still live with my mom. But eventually, you know, I, I do want to get my own place. So I'm like, okay, like, I need to see how much money I'm going to need to save up for an apartment. But at the same time, like, I need a better job if I'm going to afford said apartment. So it's like, okay, well, let me, you know, try to save as much money and then find a better job so that I can then, you know, move out to my own place. Um, and then, you know, you know, and make sure I have enough money to pay for everything every month. So that's kind of the thing that's you know something I wish like people been like okay yeah you know sit down make your budget like this 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 and go from there uh, my fourth thing is having and keeping good credit is important uh, which is a really big thing my mom like really harps on this because I have I have really good credit and you know because I try and you know pay my bills on time every month and all that and she's really been on me about that and I kind of had a situation where uh, it, it took a little bit, little bit of a hit recently because one of my friends wanted me to like co-sign on like a loan with him and I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really like get the full scope of what this means. Like if they can't pay, they're going to be looking at you to pay for what they can't pay. And my mom was like, what are you doing? Like you don't ever do that. If somebody needs you to co-sign a loan, it's usually because they cannot pay it like they may not be able to pay it so she was like don't ever do that again so I have learned that that you know it's it's it takes one thing to have your credit go bad so I have learned from now on like don't 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 do that uh my last thing 
uh, is finding out who you are and what you want in life and then making a plan to help you get there, uh, which is, it's something I'm like really, you know, kind of, that's where I am in, in my life right now. Like I know what I want to do, um, you know, in terms of job wise and things of that nature, but I'm also like, I haven't really sat down and made a plan like, okay, you, you want to get into this career of forensic science, what do you need to do to do that? So my thing is, you know, I may need to go to grad school and get a degree in forensic science. So with that being said, I need to look into grad schools that offer that degree. I haven't done that. It's like, okay, next, if you, you know, want to find a job in that area, you need to start looking for jobs that, you know, have that, that criteria that you want. So I'm, instead, I'm like sitting here in this dead end job that I don't want to do that I'm like. I need to hurry up and get out of here because it's, I just can't do it anymore. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, but I've not taken any steps to get to the next place that I want to be in my life. So um, that's really for me, something I'm like trying to push myself and motivate myself to just stop procrastinating and get going on where I, where I want to go. And so I'm not sitting here like 10 years later, still at the same job looking like, okay like i need to get going now like, so i don't i don't want to be that person so that that's that's kind of my my thing that i'm like okay gotta get together now let's go get on with your life wow chrissy you hit on some heavy hitters insurance credit score grad school like we're gonna come back to those two because those are some definitely very relevant things that i think a lot of people um, in their 20s, kind of figuring out this adulting thing, have some questions about. So, guest number three, what would, do you have on your list? Okay, so um, the first thing that I wish I had known before adulting is that when you get out of college, friends are no longer automatic. Like, you have to put in work to have friends. And I think, especially coming from where I was on campus for five years and I had just you, you could just walk down the street and meet somebody, but when you, you know, move, especially into your own place and you're just going from home to work, like you don't have friends if you don't do anything. And so for me that it took like just getting more involved in church. Another thing I did was sign up for like a sand volleyball league because I played volleyball in college. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to sign up. And I was a random, like on a team, didn't know anybody. But after like playing with those people, we became friends. And so it definitely takes work to put, um, you have to put in the work to make friends because they're just not there unless you do something about it. And it can be lonely if you don't. So that was one that I learned. I remember Dominique once telling me like, you just gotta go somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, no, I just want them to come to me. And that doesn't happen. <laughs> the next thing that uh, I think I wish I would have known before adulting is, okay, so. If you have the means, I know sometimes financially, you know, you're just trying to do what you can do, but if you have the means, get movers, especially if you live on the third floor with no elevator. So I, when I moved into my apartment, I, you know, I employed my whole family. I, Chrissy, who's also on this call, like she came out and helped me and we all moved my huge couch and bed and all that stuff up these three flights of stairs. And it was just traumatic. Honestly, it was just, it was hot. Like I, was, I had an attitude, I was sweating. Everybody was helping me and I was just, it was just not good. So if you can't afford movers, do it. If you can't afford it, you know, you just gotta, you know, you got real, real friends to come through for you. But if you can't afford it, 
it, it will help you have more peace in your life. <laughs> okay. The third thing that I would say, I wish I would have known before adulting is student loan debt is an imaginary and you will have to pay it back with interest. Now I didn't take a huge loan. I just took a loan for my last, my master's degree and it really wasn't that bad in comparison to what some people walk out with. But in my mind, I was like, okay, you know, I took out this loan for this amount of money and that's exactly what I'm going to have to pay back. No, like as soon as I started paying, I think the first two payments, two, three payments was just interest. And I was like, these people are taking my money. And so, yeah, just remember that, you know, paid off fast because, you know, the faster you paid off, the less interest you will pay and then you'll have more money in your pocket. So that was a good one that I had to realize. Um, number four, this also has to do with money. Nothing is free anymore. So I think if you go to a, like a school where they just have a lot going on, um, my school, they just had a lot of money for no reason. And so you could literally go anywhere and just get something for free. You could get free food. You could do it, try, try something new, a new, um, hobby for free. You could just do all this kinds of stuff on campus just for free. And then like, if you want to try something new in the real world, like every single thing costs. Like you want to just walk in the door somewhere you have to pay. And so I play in the sand volleyball league and why am I paying $80 for six weeks of volleyball, like on outside? Like it doesn't make sense, but it's just something you have to like live with. So try as much thing, as many things as you can while it's free. If you're still in college, the fifth thing I would say is that habits aren't built overnight. And I think, Particularly, I'm thinking about good habits. So especially if you move into your own place and you're coming out of college, maybe you had a meal ticket like me, like you just went to the dining hall every day. Like when you get to your apartment, you're not going to automatically just be this master chef every night cooking for yourself, cleaning all of your stuff perfectly and just, just looking like living the dream. And so I had to learn that. Like I wanted to do those things and I'm still learning this because I struggle with it and I, I go through ups and down, down up and down weeks of just being consistent with cooking and cleaning and stuff. But you have to just get, be nice to yourself, give yourself grace, but also you have to make yourself to do the things that, uh, the habit, build the habits that you want to build by doing things consistently when you don't want to. And so making yourself cook, not allowing yourself to eat out, not allowing yourself to like go to bed with the kitchen dirty, things like that. So you have to build those habits by putting in the work. Yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you talked a little bit about interest rates. And I understand that interest rates, you know, it's a business like philosophy. It's how the business makes their money. But like interest rates are absolutely the biggest scam I've ever seen in my entire life. So you better read those fine print uh, lines on all the documents you sign because interest, it be coming for you. Um, Dominique, what do you have for us? I got y'all. I got y'all. Okay. Learned this stuff recently too. Um, understand your rights in the workplace. I think a lot of people don't take the time to read the fine print on anything. They don't take the time to learn about like the EEOC, um, the better business, anything, anybody that you're working with or anybody that you're doing business with, take the time like at random and just learn a little bit about, okay, um, how do I go about like airing my grievances in a sense? Um, I think Something I just learned is like, I'm not satisfied with my work chair, but thanks to an organization that I just learned about, like the company has to provide me with an ergonomic chair. 
things, things like that. So just learn what your rights are in the workplace, learn how you can approach HR, um, learn what to ask. And that's my next thing is just ask. Um, everybody knows I'm not shy about anything, like anything at all. I'm going to ask. Um, I've learned that that lets me not only be curious, but I've learned that the more that you ask, you'll actually find that you can trust people a little bit quicker because they know that you don't know. Um, I think we have like this really like pessimistic worldview about like everybody's trying to take advantage of you. Um, somebody, everybody wants something from you, but I've learned in my time of just asking, I actually have learned more than most of my peers who have given me advice about like, just like staying quiet, do your job, do your work. Um, even something as simple as like, did you guys know that you can delete your um, like credit, your collections payments? So like one of the things that I learned is that's that I'm just mixing these all up. So it's five in there. Y'all just kind of go with it as you will. Um, but for collections payments, I learned early by asking, like, what do I need to do? Is this still going to affect my credit score negatively if I pay this payment off? Um, how does this work? And a lady told me from the collections agency, hey, look, I know you're new to this, so don't pay it off. She said, don't pay the collections company, pay the actual company that you're coming from and don't pay the fees on it. You're going to be covered. And that's kind of universal. But she also said, once it's paid off, get a deletion notice. It deletes from your credit because if you just pay it off, it's going to go negative on your credit. And it's, it's kind of just still there. So it's still going to be impacting. Um, that's how I ended up getting good credit because these bills came out of nowhere. You know, parents stop paying when you turn a certain age, you know, like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but hmm, I think I got through like three right there. That's fine. Um, but next thing, get a fake everything. When you're doing your budget, um, get a fake everything. So I want to move out of my parents' house. I'm 26. I'm grown. You know, like I, I think at this point in time, it was really smart for me to think, okay, how can I go about saving money for rent? Well, I found a place that I want to live in. I know what it's like. I know what kind of salary I want to make, which leads me to going to researching as much as I can about a job, about things that I need to know to get that type of salary, which leads me to having like a fake apartment. I know I can afford this apartment with this salary. So I'm going to put back money every month that's going to equate to not only covering my rent and my utilities for a month, but a little extra just in case something happens. So now it's like, okay, you're good to go. If you can at all possible, save at minimum $10,000 because that tends to kind of cover you for a few months with everything. Um, and then like, I know that my car is getting up there in mileage. So it's like, get a fake car note, be reasonable with yourself. What can you afford? Um, I know that I eventually want to get a house. So putting back money for a fake mortgage, like what, what are some of these things going to cost me? And I've also learned, my father told me, if you don't have double, you can't afford it which I moved on to, if you don't have triple, I can't afford it. So that's helped me out a lot in, in saving a lot of money because my mentality is I'm broke because everybody knows if it ain't for the free, it ain't for me. All right. Um, so then uh, last thing is just understanding the things that you use every day. I have no clue how my computer works um, or I didn't have a clue how my computer worked, how my car worked. Um, just little things that I'm using every day. So when I go to the car shop and they tell me that I need X, Y, and Z, like they typically do, because you don't need none of that stuff. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'm a curious thinker. I start asking questions. That helps me build those relationships with people. I realize, y'all know y'all can ride on that oil for a little bit. Um, I've learned a lot about brakes. Um, even my computer, I was able to, instead of buying a new computer, 
um, buy new solid straight drives and things of that nature because I just got curious and I started asking questions and I've saved well over like three, four thousand dollars in the past year alone just asking questions and getting curious and YouTubing everything because that is real. You can learn everything on YouTube. I fixed an oven the other day. Proud of myself. That's it. That's all I got. Wow, that was super insightful, Dominique. Thank you for sharing. You just put us all on game. Just drop a little bit of knowledge in there and then keep it moving. All right, Aubrey, guest number five, what do you have for us? Okay, so for the first thing, I would say as a young adult, you have to seek out life lessons. Um, you can't just float through life thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to wake up and, you know, do the right things, um, go to school and everything is going to work itself out. That is not true. <laughs> that is very dangerous. And in my opinion, I feel like it can also set you back a few years. So for one thing, I would say, learn about health insurance, learn about life insurance, learn about car insurance, just learn whatever you can do whatever you can to educate yourself because you're investing in yourself doing that. I remember starting a job and we would receive like an employee handbook. And you know, it would have like all the um, policies for that company, it would have, um, you know, things about insurance and I remember thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to read this. I don't need to know about that. I'm on my parents' <laughs> insurance. I'm good. But even if you still are on your parents' insurance or you don't think that those things will be relevant to you one day, they will be. So take the time to really read through those books. And if you don't understand, ask questions. Like ask your parents, ask someone close to you because um, those things will come back around. And I think like Dominique was saying, there's a stigma attached to you asking questions. It's almost like, um, you know, you have, there's this mentality of, okay, well, I'm just going to go in here and be quiet, do my job, keep my head down, not say anything, not ask questions. And that is not the way that you should live. Ask questions about everything. Um, it'll really help you in the long run, I think. Um, number two would be, making money. <laughs> I would, okay. <laughs> and there's a lot of my close friends on this podcast. So they already know, like I've been working since I was before 16. Like I was doing odd jobs at like 14, like trying to chase a dollar. Okay. <laughs> so I just kind of grew with that mentality of, okay, I have to make money. I have to make money. What can I do to make more money? And that is just it not good. Okay. It's good, but it's not good because there is a period of my life. I would say between about 20 to 22 ish. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I don't have any memories. Like all I can think is that I was working that, and that is not good. Your life will definitely pass you by. I feel like once you turn 21, shoo, it's like what happened where, where where was I I was just 16 it will pass you by so quickly so really take time to make memories be thankful be happy in the moment um, you don't have to do a lot of expensive things even if it's just like going to a museum like going to a park working on fitness doing doing something that's memorable to you and i will also say i passed up on a lot of opportunities to travel because 
I was being cheap. I was like, how much does that cost? <laughs> um, how long are we staying? Um, and that's just not good. If you have the money um, and, it, and it fits, go take that trip, take that opportunity, create that memory. You can always make more money, but you'll never be back at that place or have that opportunity to spend time with people that you love and want to be around. Um, I'll also say to go with being happy in the moment, don't let anyone make you feel like where you are in life isn't good enough. Um, I think with social media, we have, um, it's easier to kind of see little snippets of other people's lives and think that what you're doing isn't good enough. And that can be very dangerous. Um, and it can also push you into something that you're not ready for. So if you have parents that allow you to stay at home, that's, that's a blessing. Um, you know, I'd say just use that time to really work on yourself and be a good steward, you know, be a good tenant, like pay your parents rent, cook dinner, like, you know, start creating like good habits. I would also say, um, let's see, number three, um, pretty much everyone touched on this would be saving and creating a budget. <laughs> And really making financial sacrifices. I know for me, um, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to go to UCLA or I want to go to Spelman or I want to move out of Texas and go to, you know, some big college. And once I got to the age where it was time to do that, I had to make some serious choices like, okay, I can go out of state and go to these big colleges, but how much does that cost? Um, what type of loan am I going to have to take out going to Georgia or going to California versus staying right here in Texas? So I would say, you know, be open to making those sacrifices because in the long run, you'll be happy that you didn't spend so much money um, taking out loans for, you know, to live out of state versus an in-state tuition. <laughs> So that's definitely something that I would say. I always tell, you know, whatever kids I come in contact with, hey, you know, if you really want to go out of state, then you really need to work hard to get a scholarship. <laughs> Otherwise, you need to stay right here because <laughs> we have good schools in this state. Um, also, you know, loans and, you know, don't take out or sign anything you don't understand. Um, if you can't explain it or teach it to someone else, that means you don't know anything enough about it and you don't need to have any business trying to get it. There's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of 18 year olds that have loans and they're accruing interest right as they are sitting in their dorm room or, you know, sitting in that lecture hall. Those loans are, you know, there's money being added to them. So really understand loans, understand, you know, subsidized versus, you know, non-subsidized private, um, do your research um, because, you know, you can't, you can't return that money and just be like, here, okay, I don't want a loan anymore. That that's gone. That's out the window. Um, number four, I would say, try your best to find out what you're passionate about. I think we live, and our, I think our generation is probably the last generation where college is pushed so hard is like the next step that you have to take um, after high school. I feel like for our parents, it was finding a good job. For us, it's going to college so you can have a good job. And maybe the generation after us, I see a little bit of an entrepreneurial you know, spirit. But I would say, you know, find out what you're passionate about. It's never too early to start working on that. 
Um, I, I'm not saying don't go to college, but don't go to college without a plan, or at least don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a university when you don't have a plan and you can go to community college and be working out that plan first. Um, I see it to like, I see it all the time, like people doing YouTubes, you know, start blogging or vlogging and, you know, get out of your comfort zone and find something you're passionate about. Um, college will always be there and you shouldn't feel pressured to go to college when you don't know what you want to do. Um, also to add on to that, be really careful with what major you pick because there are some majors. I know for me, I started out with a completely different major than what I ended up graduating with. And it really was something I was passionate about, but I ended up changing that to my minor um, because something my dad asked me was, why are you paying for something that you can learn about yourself? Um, you know, if you're going to spend all this money, you need to make sure you're getting your return on investment. Okay. Like ROI, that's something else to know and understand as a young adult. So when he said that, I kind of put two and two together and I was like, okay, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like what else am I interested in? Am I being lazy and not going after this harder major because I don't want to, you know, do the work or am I really just not interested? So that kind of changed the course of my life a little bit. Then I would say number five would be um, bad company corrupts good intentions and <laughs> friendship is a very is a two-way street um as you get older there's going to be weddings there's going to be you know children baby showers engagement parties and you really have to be mindful you're investing your time and you need to make sure that that would be reciprocated back to you in the future um i'll say that people grow apart um it's not impossible to end with the same friends that you had in high school or as a child. Um, I still have, you know, friends that I was friends with as a child, but I also have friends that I'm not friends with that, that I was friends with as a child. And you can't hold on to people because y'all have a history because sometimes in the present or in the future where y'all are going is not, you know, the same place and holding on to that could definitely, you know, put you in a very dangerous position. Um, so really just try to find um, friends, even pray about, you know, friendships. And because God will take people out of your life if you say the right prayers. You'll look up and be like, oh, wow, me and so-and-so are just, we, <laughs> where did they go? And, you know, that was nothing but protection. So just, you know, be careful about who you, you surround yourself with because you'll have people that push you to do better and then you'll have, you know, people that don't do that. So, yeah, those are my five things. <laughs> okay, Aubrey is out here preaching, y'all. <laughs> so as promised, I have a couple of follow-up questions for y'all. And so we'll just start in reverse order. So, Aubrey, you talked a little bit earlier about um, kind of this phase of 20 to 22 that you really don't remember because you were just like on the hustle, on the grind. 
And so now that you've kind of decided to be happy in the moment and celebrate the present, what would you say is maybe like your favorite memory of this new leaf that you've turned over? Once I got out of that mindset, I started going on vacation, really just making memories and enjoying my life and, you know, learning how to, you know, work to live and not live to work. Yeah, no, I feel that in my soul. Yes, vacations. I can't wait for this quarantine to wind on down because there is a flight with my name on it. <laughs> so, Dominique, a um, couple questions for you. You talked a little bit early on about um, kind of learning these workplace privileges and what your rights are as a worker. Um, what would you say would be maybe like an easy direction or a first step for someone who's interested in wanting to kind of learn their own workplace privileges? What would be like a go-to start here kind of place? One thing I've always learned is have a friend who's worked in every area or have like a contact um, in every area. So I personally have a friend who works in HR. And so before I started my job, I was like, where do I need to go? Now for people who don't have that, she pointed me to like the EEOC. Um, she told me to read the very bottom of like the documents of the papers that you're signing, um, ask to have a copy of that, ask to take it home. Um, and then she said, Google those websites. And there is usually a website, like a government website that's gonna tell you um, things that you have the right to do. Like I was talking about like the ergonomic chair or whatever, if you back certain um, random rights like that, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. Um, and you'll actually be surprised, there's plenty of Reddit forums. <laughs> on workplace rights believe it or not um you guys can google those like i know we live in texas so ours are a little bit iffy um but there's plenty of stuff out there but mainly build your connections if you can if you don't have a resource there i always made it a point to walk into hr every day and just say hello um that's that ended up working out for me um because they would put you on game real quick about what you needed to know um and again just get curious but more than anything, I personally believe in Googling everything. So get your copy, ask your folks. You don't have folks, Google it. Um, makes your life a lot easier. Thanks. So on the other hand of that, you also talked about these fake houses, fake apartments, fake rent, this stuff. So in the midst of this saving you have going on, how do you keep from tapping into your savings when something right now looks, is kind of looks a little appealing, it's calling your name? All right, sis, look, um, you are my work answer and my real answer. Oh, we keep it real on this show, don't we? <laughs> okay. Um, nine times out of ten, when I want to go buy something, I personally think about a future argument I'm going to have. That sounds terrible, but it's, it's true. Like, I know me and my mother butt heads a lot. Um, and I mean, even now, me and my father butt heads a lot. Um, so I think about what I'm going to do or what I want to be doing and how my folks would respond to that because I still have to respect their house and the place that I'm in. That typically keeps me on track. And another thing I do is I like to go on drives after work and I like to act like I'm going to my future place of residence. So I want to get into the flow of like getting in that motion, um, getting the emotion of what it would be like to have a garage. But um, if you can honestly visualize the issues that you're going to have or um, so just visualize the issues that you know you're going to have. It also helps me work on my personal character. Um, so like character growth and visualizing how can I handle those arguments in the future, but just making it a point to I'm looking at houses every day. I'm looking at cars every day. Not because I'm going to buy one, because I'm still broke in my mind, um, but 
just because it gets me in the mindset of this is where we're going. Mm, awesome. No, I think mindset is very important. So I appreciate that. In Kiru, um, you talked a little bit about um, that friendship is just not so natural. It's not so commonplace when you're not in college anymore. Um, and you talked about some of the ways that you've worked to um, acquire new friendships. So how do you personally invest and maintain your friendships as an adult? Since it's not just, you know, the person sitting next to you in lab or the girl across the hall. How do you invest in these relationships and maintain them? Are you talking about quarantine time or just normal? We'll just talk normal for now. Or maybe, I don't know, the new normal. I mean, I think the first thing that, the most important thing I would say is like spending time with those people. So like making intentional time to spend with people. And I mean, I think that carries not just with friends, but with family too. Doing something for the other person, like sometimes it's, it's hard when, you know, you're busy to both have time to meet up, but like being able to put yourself out of your comfort zone and to like make something easier for them or something like, you know, being intentional, maybe doing what they like to do. Um, I had a friend at work who we, we know we weren't great friends, but like they wanted to go see like Cirque du Soleil and like that really didn't interest me that much, but I'm like, all right, I'm going to go like, you know, that's something that they wanted to do. And so, and then we had a great time. And so, uh, yeah, I just, yeah getting out of your comfort zone and being, being able and willing to do something that maybe is not what you would typically do. So that also helps build like your experiences and your adventureness. Is that a word? I think I might've made that up, but like, we'll take your, yeah. And yeah. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I definitely, I can relate to that because I am not a risk taker. I'm not an adventurous person. So I try and gravitate towards people who are adventurous so I can still have those experiences because I would naturally come up with them myself. So I definitely understand where you're going in there. So Chrissy, you talked a little bit about um, working this job right now that you don't necessarily love and kind of trying to figure out what your next, next steps are to really pursuing the career um, that aligns with your purpose. So how would you say that like right now, because I think what you shared is a common struggle that a lot of people, once they graduate, they decide, you know what, I actually don't love this degree or like I got this job and it's not what I thought. So how do you find contentment or cope with not necessarily being where you want to be, but still like, you know, not, um, not falling apart or just being angry all the time that you're not where you want to be. It's really trying to change my mindset into, okay, you have to put in the work if you're going to get a different result. You know, it's just like, like they say, definition of insanity. You can't, you know, do the same thing and expect different results. So I can't just sit here like every day like, oh, well, oh my God, like I hate this job, but not look for another one. So that's, that's really what I'm trying to, get into changing my mindset of, okay, you need to do X, Y, and Z if you want to get to there. Awesome. No, mindset is definitely important. So I definitely um, recognize where you're coming from. And I think that sometimes when we're in situations where we're like, you know what, I don't like this situation. It's just that situation that will push us enough to make the plan to get where we want to be. So I definitely um, agree with where you're coming from. So Ebony, circling back to you, um, you talked a lot about the importance of savings. How did you decide what percentage should go to my savings? What should go to my go out money, like, et cetera? So first I have to credit my mom because she really was intentional about teaching me and Kiru how to save. And so I will say that I was very um, stubborn with that initially. <laughs> like she tried to teach me that when I was at home. And so I really didn't get serious about it till like when I was moving out. So she would tell me things about how, 
um, you set it up where you have your bills and then you have your expenses. And so your bills are those that's definitely coming out your check every month, whether you want it or not, it's coming out your check. And then she had your expenses where these are things, these are optional. These are not things that you have to have, but these are things that you want. And that if you're able to afford it, you can have that as your expenses. And so to answer your question, so I had my bills and then I figured out, okay, what are my miscellaneous? What is my hair budget? Cause you know, you wanna get your hair done, nails done groceries to eat um i have on there as well like gifts so like a budget for gifts like this month is gonna be father's day so i budgeted for father's day and just being intentional uh, one thing i remember she telling me and i tell this to people too whenever i tell them about my budgeting is that um you have to you have to um your money has to be purposeful like every everything in your budget has to have some kind of purpose because if you have money that's out there doesn't doesn't have any purpose then it's gonna get spent on something that's not purposeful. <laughs> like, and so like if you budgeting, you like chunk everything down, whereas like every part of your budget, not even a dollar left does, has a purpose, then it's so much easier to save. So then obviously I tied, make sure I tied. And then I'm able to save too, cause I save right off the top. So as soon as I get my check, tithing and saving all the, already out. So I don't even have to worry about that. And so I'm saving as I'm spending, but I'm still enjoying life. Thank you. Um, everyone has a unique path and sometimes as we emerge into adulting or adulthood, we fall into the comparison trap. Have you ever been there and how are you working to free yourself from that? So actually, I've actually, I'm proud of myself. I've gotten so much better with that where now I see as my journey is different than other people's journey. Like God gives us a course and like the Bible says, he knows the plans that he has for us. And so I get excited for people when they do exciting things or get to do great things. Cause I'm like, okay, if he can do that for them, he can do that for me. And so for me, I like the comparison, I used to be like that, but now I just see it as like, okay, well, this is my journey. This is their journey. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to compare, to especially compare. in the area that you want something. Like if it's something you don't care about, you're like, eh, it doesn't matter if you have that. But like, for example, like people who are out here getting married, like, we're, we're getting a little older. And so sometimes there's that, um, that pressure thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm not there yet. That's something I've done something wrong or something is off or they're better than me or some, you know, some sort of messed up mentality on that. And so I think just remembering that God has everything for us and our timing and uniquely for us and remembering that helps kind of get you away from the trap of comparing to other people. Okay, I'm a little hard-headed, all right? If I can be honest, y'all already know that. Um, so the way that I've been helping myself since college, because obviously I want to go into a rough field, my friends know that, um, I had to challenge myself to do it. Um, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes is, the best way to predict the future is to create it, and that's Abe Lincoln. And so I told myself, if you're going to sit over here and compare yourself to everybody else or compare what they're doing or get frustrated with what they have, then go out and do it and then see if you like it. Nine times out of 10, I hated what they were doing. I just liked the success they were getting from it. But also fallback effect, I learned how to do something new, but you really do, um, it's like a process of elimination. My father always taught me the best way to figure out what you wanna do is figure out what you don't wanna do, but you have to do it. So do it. That's the way I help my comparison trap. Um, I would say for me um, with the comparison thing, you also have to kind of realize that um, the grass is not greener on the other side. So a lot of what you're seeing and thinking that you want so bad and you're, you know, desiring 
there's a lot of work that goes behind that that you possibly don't understand or that you're not ready for. Um, it's like, I don't remember what I was watching, but it was something about being happy in your singleness. And I know at this age, we all have friends that are either married or in serious relationships. And you see how much time they give to those relationships. And I just remember thinking one day, mm, I don't want to refer to anybody about what I want to do with my money. Like I worked, I worked my butt off in school. If I want to go buy something, I don't want to, Hey, honey, no, right now I want to go blow a bag on myself some days. I'm not saying every day, but I'm just saying like, you know, there's the grass is not always greener on the other side. There are other things that come hand in hand with that relationship that you think that you want so bad or, you know, those beautiful wedding photos that you just can't wait to have on your Facebook. There are other things that go along with that. And I think, too, if you just set goals for yourself, it's okay. It's healthy to have desires. But ultimately, just be content, being content with where you are and like really living to enjoy your life. And if you have a lot of time where you're just sitting there scrolling through people's wedding photos and stuff, that means you probably need to be finding some more things to do constructively with your time. With, you know, bigger steps in life come bigger responsibilities. I've been that person like, I, you know, look at people and be like, dang, like, you know, I, that looks like it's, you know, such a great life and all that. But same time like everybody's been saying you just have to stay you know in your own lane I'm I've been I've always been that friend that's so proud of what you become you know uh, I've you know tried to I've used that to be like okay you know once I find out what I want to do I'll, I'll be good so try not to look at what anybody else is doing but you know we're human so it happens we always kind of look like dang I wish my life was like that but like everybody said you don't know what they went through to get there what well, we definitely know that everyone encounters their own challenges along this journey of adulthood. But I definitely think that you ladies have offered some valuable insight and really just some gems of wisdom um, that our listeners, um, I believe, will appreciate and be able to implement. So I definitely thank you for your time and for being on the show today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'd like to welcome you back to the post-show conversation where we discuss race, culture, and all the things in between. I'm joined this week by Miss Mary Jo Villano. Welcome to the conversation. Hi. Well, we'll just jump right in here. So Mary Jo, how are you currently managing your sphere of influence as it relates to the racism climate here in America? Currently, um, my sphere of influence is actually pretty small and limited due to the pandemic. But generally, <laughs> for now, I find that social media is the best way to manage um, just connecting with others and trying to put out as many resources as I can for people who don't really understand what's going on or who might have views that are contradictory to, you know, trying to eliminate and dismantle systems of racism and oppression. So, um, for example, like recently I posted a video of a spoken word I'd written trying to encourage empathy and also providing some information about our broken system. And I was really angry when I made it, but social media. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that you have the same like views and values as kind of like your close friends or your inner circle and that's like conversations y'all can have or do you think that y'all have differing opinions? Yes. Um, so being in grad school, especially for counseling psychology, I find that a lot of us have generally the same views about progressivism. Um, it's mainly whenever I go back home or I'm outside of my grad school bubble that I interact with people who don't have the same values. 
But generally, I would say that my close friend groups and I have a lot of the same ideas and values. Yeah. Okay, so you talked a little bit about things being a little bit different when you go back home. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. what has your culture taught you about race or racism, or if those are conversations that you often had? Yeah, um, I've actually had a lot of time to be able to ponder that. So I am a cisgender Asian, uh, Filipino Asian American woman, and so in the Filipino culture, we are in that shadow of the model minority myth, where we believe that we have to be as under the radar as possible. So um, in regards to race, I do know that there's a lot of anti-Black rhetoric that happens, whether it's covert or overt in families. So growing up, I didn't have the best upbringing about what it meant to be equal, but I never fully agreed with what they what my culture had taught me. It's very rich, don't get me wrong, but um, there was a lot of colorism and racism that happened there. So I know going to college and grad school, like, you learn a lot once you get out of your home and like the people who've, you know, taught you what you know for so long. But I'm wondering outside of just going to college, how you've been able to educate yourself to learn about these systems of of oppression and ways to um, break free from those barriers. I think the best way that I have had is actually interacting with people from other cultures. Um, Grad school definitely did compel me to, seek those opportunities more um but since i can't actively go out and see people right now recently i've just been reading a lot of books um i don't listen to podcasts that often unfortunately but i do see a lot of blog posts and um i have friends who are very open about having these conversations with me if they're from different cultural backgrounds but yeah outside of grad school and just the academic realm having conversations and doing my own reading personal experiences from people are really nice No, I love the personal experiences. I enjoy hearing um, just stories of people's lives. I'm wondering for you specifically um, how you navigate those conversations, however, like how you, for someone from a different culture, how do you start that conversation? With someone who is of a different racial background from me? Yes. Uh, Yes. So it's actually a pretty lengthy process for me. Well, it it happens in like a split second, but um, (laughs) first I really need to... I acknowledge and identify my own identities and where I am in relation to that person um, because I recognize that because I'm under the, that model minority myth that I do have more racial privilege than say a person who identifies as a black person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to acknowledge where I am in that space and be respectful first and foremost and also enter with curiosity but not ignorant curiosity. I think that there's a really um, nuanced difference there. Uh, and also, I, I think being in the field of counseling psychology has also helped me in acting with humility and recognizing when I am making something like making a wrong statement or not being very, um, not being very nice, I suppose, for lack of a better word, whenever I'm talking to someone. Um, and I am trying to be more open about being corrected for things that I might not have as much information about. Mm, that's really good. So you talked a lot about the work that you're um, currently studying in regards to counseling psychology. So I'm wondering how you see your future career aspirations being able to serve underrepresented communities or combat some of the racial discrimination and systemic oppression that we see in the world. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a big one. So I (laughs) I talk about counseling psychology all the time because that's like my huge identity as a grad student and as a psychologist in training. 
Um, but one of the core aspects of counseling psychology is having um, a hand in social justice and advocacy because in the therapy room, that happens too. I have to acknowledge my identities, acknowledge the identity of my clients. And in that space, we, we embark on this journey of healing by talking about ways in which a system has oppressed them, in which a system that um, maybe they have encouraged oppression of others as well, because we each take part, whether we are active or inactive um, participants in a system, because regardless, we contribute, you know? So yeah. um, in that space, I think while we embark on that journey of healing, we're able to discuss and enlighten ourselves on experiences that all contribute to different isms, including racism. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. Um, I guess kind of final wrap up question here. Um, have you all navigated any of these challenging race conversations in your coursework and kind of what has that looked like? Yes, we have. So there's actually a specific course called cross-cultural psychology in which it's like a class of maybe 10 students and we sit around and we talk about different identities. We acknowledge our different identities and some of the hardest stuff to do is also acknowledge where our biases and resistances are. Um, and in that class, it's it's very, very challenging because we, like the, the way that I see bias is that um, it's like you're rubbing a long string of yarn between your hands and it kept getting tangled and tangled over the years. And in that class and during my career, it's this now arduous and sometimes painful process of untangling it, mm. examining it, and then using it to make something um, worth using. Wow. That is a very powerful visual. And I'm so happy that that was kind of like my last question, because I think that that's something I really want to let simmer in the minds of the listeners, because I think that everyone has biases. And so I think that that's a really great challenge is looking at the yarn in your hand and figuring out how you can use that, um, and redirect it for something productive. So awesome. Thank you so much for joining us in the conversation, Mary Jo. Yeah, of course. I'm so glad that you had me. Thanks for tuning in while the conversation was flowing. Follow A.Gabrielle exclusives on Instagram and the conversation can keep going. I post once a week. Make sure you subscribe so you can stay up and catch this weekly vibe.